Welcome to Ion Sterile Processing. I'm so glad you made it. Are you ready? You got your pens and papers? Okay, let's go. Let's get it. Ready? One, two, three, let's go. Okay, so we're going to get started with the annual review in you. And it's a couple of things I want to go over real quick, just to hopefully to add value to your life and give you something you can actually use. So one thing I want to caution you and remind you is that don't wait for your annual review to start preparing for your annual review. Okay. Also, I want to caution you, do not try this if you are not a top performer or if you don't plan on being a top performer, you will waste your time and piss your own self off and the manager that you're talking to. Okay. So the first question you need to ask yourself is what is it that you want? You have to be clear on exactly what you want. And I'm sure you heard of the SMART goals, S-M-A-R-T. If you haven't looked that up, I've talked about it before, but you need to be very specific on what you want because you cannot attain goals if you just unsure. You'll end up on a dead end street. Okay. So think about that. Do you want more money? And that's what most people want when they have their annual review. They want more money and you need to be able to discuss where you come up with this dollar amount from. Are you comparing yourself to the area? Because let's say, for instance, you started off with one year experience and now you have five and you did the market research and you're finding out that, hey, in my area, this is what they're paying people. And you use that dot, that that data to increase your pay. OK, are you using your job duties? They have changed. Maybe you started off and you were a tech one or you were a supervisor. And now you're doing managerial duties and now you want to be compensated for that because you're adding or you're increasing your job duties, okay? Did you get a degree during your time at your current employer? Did you get a certification at the time at your current employer? I'll give you an example. You may apply for a job, and I'll talk about it probably again later. You may start to apply for a job that didn't require a certification when you started, and now you have one. So your pay should definitely look different if they didn't give you an extra bump once you got certified. This is something that you need to talk about if you decide to pursue additional certifications, what that looks like and how much you can actually get your pay increase before you even do it. But I think you should get the additional education regardless if they're going to increase your pay or not. But these things that think about look back over that job description that you had previously and see how you have increased over time as far as your skills, your abilities, your certification, education, and your value. That's how you're gonna value yourself by comparing yourself to also the people in your department, how much they're making. I know that's usually a taboo subject, but if you can find out how much people are making, then you can use that also to negotiate and say, hey, well, compared to other people in the department, I know that they are making X, Y, Z, and based on my skills and years and abilities and things like that, I should be able to get, you know, a particular dollar amount. You need to figure out what that is. Don't leave it to them. They say, oh, we're giving everybody 20%. Unless you're in some kind of union situation and everybody has to get the same, you should have the ability to negotiate for higher than what they're normally going to give you 10 cent or whatever it is, especially if you increase your job role and your classification may need to change. Maybe you need to be called a coordinator, preceptor or something else because you are carrying on those roles. I will also encourage you to find out what those roles are that you aspire to get into so that you can start doing that now. And when you go to your annual review, you can use that information to say, this is why I need a, an increase as an educator because I've been doing all these things, the same things educators do in other hospitals, other departments, and I should be compensated. So suggestion one, which I already gave you a bunch of them, but let's start the checklist. 
I would say for you, before you start your annual review and start getting ready for that annual review, let's say it's January and you're getting ready for January 2022 annual review because it's 2021 right now. Ask your coworkers what they have noticed that you do well in your department. Some things you may not notice that you are actually good at um, being resourceful, answering questions, being able to handle um, conflicting or hostile environments or relationships and things like that. So ask them and they can give you an idea of probably what you're doing good and not so good. And you can give yourself a chance to work on those because you do want to look at all your accomplishments that you have done over the past year and the ones you plan on doing this year. But you also want to talk about your weaknesses. The reason why you want to talk about your weaknesses, because you want to talk about how you were able to overcome them and the steps you took to, for you to beat those weaknesses and, and turn those weaknesses into strengths if you were able to. So you want to be able to also speak to that. So that's why it's important for you to talk about your mistakes, even the things that you've done wrong and how you were able to use that information to become a better you. Because if you run around thinking you're perfect all the time, it's not going to work. I'll give you a point in case the new place I um, got in the job at, I walked in there and I did the way they broke down their scheduling for the OR when you get the OR schedule, they broke it down to the disciplines like ortho, neuro or whatever, you know, and they had doctor names and they have and I didn't understand it, honestly. And I was like, OK, is this an ortho case or this a neuro case? You know, I, I didn't understand it. I'm, I'm just going to be 100 percent with you. And I had looked at cases differently at different places and I didn't look at it as far as me reorganizing it into disciplines. So I had made that announcement in a huddle that I didn't know. And I pointed out other people who had that strength. And that was one strength I started working on, or one weakness I started working on. Say, okay, let me not only organize it by discipline, but let me think about how many instruments they're using. See, we don't pick cases. So I'm not, I don't, I'm not privy to, you know, what instruments they're actually using in all these cases, but I try to imagine what they're using and start thinking about, okay, we're gonna see a lot of this, and maybe we need to turn over this. So I'm trying to think more in that mindset. So that I will um, turn that weakness into a strength. And that's my goal for my personal self. So they definitely want to know if you solved a problem and, and that will show when you talk about your weaknesses and how you overcame them. So that will be something I would definitely use in one of my interviews. Suggestion two: start networking with people in your field and they could be on the same level as you. That's OK, but you definitely don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You want to find a room that you do not know at all so that you can grow. And also a good way to networking or a good benefit of networking is that you don't have to fill out job applications. I have the, the privilege of being interviewed without filling out a job application based on the person that knew me and my resume. And that is a great feeling when you don't have to go through the same steps that other people have to go through. And that comes with networking and getting to know people and people getting to know you and understanding your value. So I really, really encourage you to start networking with people. If you plan on moving into a different role, then I think you should network exactly with those people in the roles that you uh, aspire to move into. Those are the places that you probably should go ahead and start networking with them. I don't know why I'm itching. I'm just itching all over my face. That's why I've been on video. Because you itch in and you just do weird stuff when you're not on camera, but when you're on camera. Okay, so if you don't know, yes, I'm streaming this on YouTube as well. And then I have the podcast on Anchor. So let me get back on track. Okay, let's see. Let me move down because I have notes on it because if not, I would definitely forget. Um, let's see. Suggestion number three. Uh, mastermind groups is another group I would say. And when I and I mentioned groups before and start networking with people, when I'm talking about these mastermind groups, I'm not talking about groups in sterile processing. I'm talking about groups outside of it, where there's no learning how to negotiate, to deal with conflict, to understand HR processes, 
to anything that you think is going to help you understand Excel or Word, um, understanding uh, change, anything that you think is a skill that would help you do your job better, I encourage you to join those groups, take those courses, increase your knowledge in a way that make you stronger. There is no blueprint. There is no way for me to say, oh yeah, X, Y, Z, and you're going to be good. No, but what I will tell you to do is continue to learn and to continue to challenge yourself, continue to stretch yourself as much as you possible all the time, as much you can possible all the time. There is no specific direction you should go in. Like people on Facebook asking, you know, I'm going back to school. What should I go for? And, you know, um, I did leadership. Some people may say um, healthcare administration, you know, just regular business, you know, business with human resource in it. I mean, it depends on exactly what your vision is for yourself and how it can align with the job duties that you expect to have in the future. It has to all line up. It may not be a degree. It may not be a series of specific courses. It may just be a seminar. It may be a webinar. It may be a book you read. It could be anything that's going to get you to the next level, but you will not know until you keep going at it and start surrounding yourself around those certain kind of people. Okay. Then suggestion number four, show that you are expert in something in the area within your skill set. So if you are in sterile processing and you can definitely, I was talking to someone over the weekend, I'm like, look, you've been doing this for a while. What do you really know well in the department? And if it's something you don't know, learn it. I always start with decontamination room. And I mentioned to this particular person, like, who knows everything? It's people out there that knows the majority of the things. But who really knows about, you know, the fatigue mask? What kind should we have? Have anybody even checked on the fact that we're standing there for hours at a time? And sometimes it depends how much you're moving. Am I moving on and off the fatigue mat? Am I pretty much standing there the whole time at this fatigue mat? I worked at a place where I would wipe down um, like IV pumps and uh, was it PCM, PCA pumps. And I stood there for the majority of the time, wiping them down. So I only moved so many feet from the left to the right. And that was pretty much it. Does I Do I have a fatigue mat for that? Or do I have a fatigue mat that can deal with water and I'm not going to bust my butt because I'm slipping on the fatigue mat? And how often are they being cleaned? Who's cleaning them? What companies deal with that? So that's an area in decon is so many moving parts there. I'm sure you can find a way to be the expert in that. And I always start with decon because there's so many moving parts in there from the sonic the washer, the detergent, the sinks, the flow, the negative air pressure. It just goes on and on and on. The eye wash station, you know what I mean? Everything, the terminal cleaning, the trash, the red bag, the sharps container, the recycle bin that they have in there for the um, blood pressure cuffs. It just goes on and on. So I, I challenge this person to go ahead and see what you know how they can tap in and how they can be an expert in that. And then I also told them, start doing huddles. Ask the manager if you can start doing some kind of huddles because if you start doing huddles, then you can show your skills. You show that you're growing. You're showing that you're researching outside of work because that's what you would definitely have to do most of the time. You're going to have to do your research outside of work. I'm not saying doing do work stuff at home and not get paid. I'm saying for you to build on your own personal brand, you're going to definitely have to do stuff outside of work. Also, another way to get yourself out there and build your skills and your knowledge is to start writing articles. You got Newsflash. Isham is out there and even a company called Medium, like small, medium, large, Medium. You can write an article in Medium, which I have done. Find you someone who can uh, uh, spell check or do grammar check or whatever. They have, um, what do they call them? I can't even think of who they are. Um, you guys know who I'm talking about. They actually, pay, you pay them for them to read your material over. And I actually reached out to someone specifically and they gave me their resource. I haven't used it yet because at the moment I was ready to write and I changed my mind, but I still have that, that resource available. 
And um, I think it's an IA. No, that's what is it, IA? I can't think of what it is. Personal something that you can hire and they can check over that for you if you're scared to do any writing. But that's a great way to get your name out there and make sure the information that you do present is bagged up with reliable uh, sources or resources that you use. So don't just say uh, people say or I thought or Wikipedia or anything like that. You need to have real resources that you're referencing your information to to make sure that it shows you're credible because the last thing you want to do is be out there unless it's just a blog or something about gossiping but you want to make sure that you have some facts out there you need to back it up with some .gov websites you know like the FDA or the CDC or you get stuff from Amy or AORN or something like that then um, I, I mentioned earlier and I'm going to go over it again talk I talked about suggestion number five taking online courses now I know people don't have money okay I already know that boo I'm not trying to get, get into your pockets or anything like that but there are ones you can take for free first of all podcast is a great way to get free information for you to be able to tap into people you normally wouldn't have access to so that's one if you go to my website spdtools.carrd.co I list a bunch of places that you can go to and get for free. Now, for instance, like um, edX, E-D in the letter X, you can go there and you'll be able to get courses from top universities. The only thing is, if you go the free route, you will not get no completion certificate, no kind of credit or acknowledgement or anything, and you will not have access to the, the book, but you have access to the lectures and you will also have access to the professor's notes. So you can use that information to also build your skills. So I, I encourage you, if necessary, go ahead and go to that website and then you'll be able to see all kind of tools there that are for free. Don't get tricked into paying anything on anything because a lot of times they'll make it very, um, I don't know, they make it very tasty, I guess you can say, or, or make it very, they present it in a way where you're like, oh, I probably do need to do that. When if you just continue on with the free you should be fine. But if you do want to pay, go ahead and pay, but just understand what you're going to get when you pay. Okay. Um, okay. I talked about that. Suggestion number six, the best way for me when I want to increase my skills and ability so that I can speak to that when I do go to my interviews or when I have an annual is traveling. As a sterile processing tech, you get to travel to different places, experience different equipment, different people, and different processes and you can definitely use that information when you decide to get a permanent position and maybe even in a leadership role if you were not before or a consultant role if you were a leader and now you're like you know what i was a manager for so many years as a traveler now you decide to uh, move into the next level or, 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 or author or whatever it is you may see yourself being an instructor or a, you know a professor at a university or a college or wherever they have sterile processing courses in vocational training schools and things like that so that is definitely a good way for you to get the experience you need that you can use to market yourself and not only that to ask for that raise so then the question is what can i get the first thing you need to know is your value and if you don't know how much you're worth then you don't really know what you can negotiate with so of course you got pay scale and all these other websites you can go to um i think the department of labor and statistics they have information there for you, it was a Department of Labor and Statistics or the Bureau BLS. You can go to their website and they'll give you information. And then you can just ask people in the area. People, I see it all the time. People go on Facebook and they just ask, how much are you making or what is the pay range? So they get an idea of what the market is going for in that area. Okay. So I'm going to tell you a couple of things that I really didn't realize until I listened to, um, I was on Udemy. And that's another place you can go to to get courses either for free or you can pay a small amount of money, $10, $20, even sometimes $150 
for different courses. And one thing they mentioned is you need to be cautious of the job title. And I talked about it earlier. If your job title or description when you started has changed because you increase your skills, that is a clear indication that you should be able to negotiate you a higher wage come that annual review, because that's what we talk about, annual review. I will get caught up and start talking about other stuff, so I have to remind myself we talked about annual review. Okay, so even when you're applying for a job for the first time, look at what they're asking for. I don't know why that popped up. Look for uh, what they're asking for, because if they're asking for a certification, you the chances are you getting paid are higher. If you're asking, if, if they're asking for a degree, your chances of being paid more are higher. If you have a certification and you have a degree and you have years of experience, But you are not, I'm sorry, I stopped for a moment because it said that I'm offline. Okay, I want to apologize before this. Before we go into the next piece of this, it's only an extra seven minutes and 35 seconds on here, but I lost internet connection. It's like four o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to record this. I lost internet connection. So I'm going to. I was gonna edit it, but why? I'm just gonna let you know what happened. It happened, it's four o'clock in the morning. I have to be to work soon. So I'm not about to not put this out here to you today because I have to come back home after work to edit it. I'm just gonna give it to you like this because I'm a, I'm a regular person, okay? So here we go. Okay, so I lost the internet connection for a minute. So this probably looks sounds sketchy from one point to the other, but I'm gonna try to clean it up. So like I was saying, it's important that you understand your job title description, even for the role that you're in now so that you can ask for more pay, but also for when you apply for new positions, because if the job requires a degree or years of experience or it has um, detailed job duties, then you should be able to negotiate for a higher wage. If you are applying for a store processing position and it only it has no requirement, no experience necessary, no certification necessary, then trust me, you're going to get paid the lowest. So if $13 an hour is what they're basing their pay on, that's exactly what you're going to get. But as they start asking for more certifications, degrees, experience, and job duties, then you have the ability to expect a higher base pay and negotiate for a higher pay. And you should definitely do that in your annual review. If you apply for a job that didn't require anything and you have obtained those things, then you need to have definitely your compensation reviewed because you shouldn't be getting the normal um, increase come that year like everyone else if you were able to obtain these different things. Number six. Ask for a new title with, um, oh my God, I did voice type and said dangerous skills. No, ask for a job title with, um, with that accommodates your new skills and your abilities if you're able to do more. Um, you did your, you complete your CHL, you got certified, and now you want to take on some more responsibilities as a leader, and you're probably not a leader at that point in time, but ask for a new title or ask for new responsibilities that can help you get that new title. That's a good thing for you to do now. So when that annual review come around, that's another way for you to show that you are definitely ready. You can also ask for pay for performance. And I found this outside of the sterile processing department when I was researching this information. And this really means that, hey, you know, this year I plan on getting that degree. This year I plan on getting that certification. Or this year, you know, um, compared to everyone else and uh, how you gathered this data, I'm not sure, but some places they actually put up on the board who are the uh, top performers as far as tray assembly or whatever it may be, productivity. And if you can show that you are producing way much more than other people, and it could be something as tangible as productivity records, 
or it can be something as processes you improve. But definitely, if you can show that you improve something and you have those numbers to show that percentage of improvement or how you stand out from everyone else, that is definitely a good way for you to ask for higher pay when you have your annual review. Your annual review shouldn't just be about the manager telling you what you did or didn't do wrong. It should be you asking for more. And when you do ask for more, then you need to have that in writing when the annual review comes around. If they actually agree to it, even before, you know, before I'm sorry, before the annual review come around and you're working toward that annual review and you're trying to get all this stuff done and these are the things you want to do leading up to it, then you should definitely get that in writing because managers change and people forget. Also, number eight, I say ask for new projects, like I had pretty much said earlier, so that you can negotiate. Number nine, if you are not able to get the pay that you want, negotiate, try to negotiate for an annual bonus. Maybe you can get something like that. Maybe you can get some extra time off. Maybe you can get your flexible work schedule or something like that. Um, number 10, ask for additional overtime. If you're trying to get that bag or whatever, uh, can you come in for some projects and get you some overtime? Can you finagle that? Can I say an extra hour to XYZ and make sure that XYZ is something that's adding value to the process or maybe even taking a burden off the manager and you know uh, something that they're struggling with or don't have time for, maybe you can do it and now you're getting your extra hour per day or two hours per day overtime and you're coming in on the weekends and getting that overtime so that you can um, increase the pay because that's pretty much what you're trying to do anyway, but now you're doing it a little differently. And then, you know, if, if you find out that, you know, th that didn't work out, maybe you want to have a split shift or maybe you want a flexible work schedule. Maybe you want to do three tens or three twelves or four tens, or maybe you just want to work the weekends. Or maybe it's time for you just to do PRN so you can look for another job. You know, if, if you tried all these different things and none of this stuff is budging, then maybe it's not the place for you. Because if you can't grow with trying to get new uh, skills and responsibilities and that's a no go for the manager. Or if, if you're trying to start new projects or if you didn't got your certification, your degree, if you are uh, producing way much more than everyone else. If, if you're networking with people and you're, you know, you, you're writing articles and you're showing that you're a subject matter expert in one area or another or the whole entire department and none of this can get you extra money or a new title. You even asking for a new title that may or may not come with pay, but it's something that you can definitely market yourself when it's time to move on. That title may get you well pay at another place, but it may not get you that title that you have here, but you definitely need that title so you can move on in your career if that's what you plan on doing and sterile processing. Then you want to know, you know, if you if your cell phone is, is is needed or is required or they text you on your phone outside of work and you work on call and you got to have that phone available and ready. Can you get some kind of reimbursement for that? What can HR do for you? Can you get a phone card? Is there a discount available because you're an employee or the fact that you're even on call? And then I would say last is number 13. I don't know if I skipped the numbers, but I've been skipping with my eyes. So we're on number 13, honey. This is the last one. Can your employer offer to send you to the Isham conference? If that's something that you always been interested in and, you know, you're showing that you are a top performer and, you, you know, you're showing the initiative. And, and this is just be the icing on the cake. You would love to go to the annual conference. Now, they're going to pay for you to get in for those days or the hotel or the transportation. I'm not sure, but it's definitely worth a, worth a shot to see if you can get that. You know, if, if I do X, Y, Z, if I, you know, get those certifications, like I said, can you help me out with getting to that inch of conference? And let's get that in writing as well, because somewhere, some way, somebody is collecting money, whether it's a, a, a charity or um, I can't think of the top of my head. But you know how they have in the hospitals different ways in which they raise money, those areas or whatever. They have to have something there that you probably have to dig deep and uncover and find out that you can actually get 
paid to go to the annual conference or get it paid for you or any kind of professional workshops or pay for any kind of professional memberships or organizations or anything like that that can help you increase your knowledge. And at the same way, you don't have to spend your money on something. Um, you can keep that money in your pocket and then the organization that you work for can possibly pay for it for you. So these are the things I want you to think about when you're um, getting ready for that annual review. This is something you got to check in throughout the year. This is not something that you just you know, think about and start working on and talk to your manager, let's say in January, and then you don't talk again to them in December. No, you need to talk to them in January and then set up another review maybe in uh, March and then set up another one maybe in in um, June or October and all the way back around before you get back to January to make sure you're on course, to make sure that you're meeting expectations, to make sure that you know there's no misinformation or communication along the route, along the way. And to ask for guidance if you need it, you know what I mean? And, and express your hiccups or, or barriers in the road that you may have encountered. So these are the tips I have for you. Um, I hope you find them useful. If you do, use them. Um, if you don't, let me know and share them with other people who may need them. And I'll talk to you next time. You continue to go out there, be great and peace. Mm -hmm.